what do you think? It's important that you like yourself. And I'm you. Just accelerated a few extra years. Plus better trained. And I have to say, a heck of a lot smarter. You lured us here. After your lackeys couldn't get rid of me at Star, you decided to deal with me yourself. On your home turf. It's like you're reading my mind. Which is actually the problem and why you have to die. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels, issue 112, the comic book show that is truly the world's finest. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Mary Amber. In this issue, it's your chance to finally lick Batman. Then Jeff Johns becomes a Lego minifig. But how will he write with his hands locked in a cupping position? (laughs) Also, it's Gotham Academy, Lobo, Bucky Barnes on the wall and more in what we've been reading. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, World's Finest, Volume 1, The Lost Daughters of Earth 2 with special guest, singer and songwriter Mary Amber. This is Behind the Panels. As it is to play when you're gonna win And you know it, cause it's rigged and you got it Handshakes, contracts, all in the pocket The real life ain't mapped out There ain't no deal that'll make it do Exactly why you want it to So it looks like it's up to you To break it down into baby steps Kill them all one by one Sort it out, untangle all the problems that may come Bro, don't listen to things they say Karate chop all the way There's no plank that you can't break and there's nothing that's in your way When things get hard to take You're a ninja in the wake Show them all that you won't break And there's nothing that's in your way Nothing's in your way Kick, kick, punch, punch, bro Nothing's in your way Can you get done, done, bro Nothing's in your way Kick, kick, punch, punch, bro Nothing's in your way Can you get done, done, done So all the timeless sentences haven't quite been seen to the end. It's probably time to do them. Cause no one's waging bets on your resolution. See that thing you want? It ain't gonna sit and wait all day. Cause neat things like that tend to stray and you don't want it to get away. So break it down into baby steps. Kill them all one by one. Sort it out. Untangle all the problems that may come. Bro, don't listen to things they say. Karate chop all the way. No plank that you can't break And there's nothing that's in your way When things get hard to take You're a ninja in the wake Show them all that you won't break And there's nothing that's in your way Nothing's in your way Kick, kick, bunch, bunch, bro Nothing's in your way Can you get it done, done, bro Nothing's in your way Kick, kick, bunch, bunch, bro Nothing's in your way Can you get it done, done Get them all, you know you can take them like flies and your chopsticks bring them down down not like a crane up down 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 like a touchdown get them all you know you can take them touch them like flies and your chopsticks bring them down down not like a crane up down 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 like a touchdown no listen to things they say karate chop all the way there's no plank that you can't break and there's nothing that's in your way when things get hard to take you're a ninja in the wake show them all that you won't break and there's nothing that's in your way don't listen to things they say karate chop all the way there's no plank that you can't break and there's nothing that's in your way when things get hard to take you're a ninja in the wake show them all that you won't break 
And there's nothing that's in your way Nothing's in your way Kick, kick, punch, punch, bro Nothing's in your way Kitty, get done, done, bro Nothing's in your way Kick, kick, punch, punch, bro Nothing's in your way Gonna get it done, done, done Live music! Live music, people. <laughs> this, uh, that yeah. was Mary Amber from her new super EP, uh, which is now available at maryamber.com, iTunes, and where all good records are sold on the interwebs. Yay. You yeah. can go and get it there. Uh, Mary Amber, welcome to the show for the first time. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey <laughs> Pretty cool here. I like this place. It's in the pa- the panels cave. Is very cool. It's nice. It's, it's nice. cool. We've we filled it with toys. Lots of toys. Toys. <laughs> I put, and for those who are wondering, it's, uh, go to our Facebook page. There is a photo of the, all the toys on that's the, true. On the Facebook page. So, uh, Mary, we first encountered you out at Oz Comic Con this year at uh, Sydney when we did our live shows. Uh, we, we we say we shared a stage in many ways. Yeah. Uh, just just several hours apart. Uh, but uh, so you've got your super EP out at the moment. This is your third release, if I'm not mistaken. It's my. It's I, I would call it my first m- official kind of major release, if that makes sense. My first release was technically, I guess, a silly sort of thing because I was in uni and I was studying accounting, and obviously, what came out of my degree in accounting was a mini album of accounting songs that I did because <laughs> what the hell. And um, so I, I don't know whether that counts. And then my second one was a wandering mini P, which was about me wondering what I wanted to do with myself. And that's, that's I guess, why I called it wandering. And I called it a mini P because I wasn't confident enough to call it an EP yet. So <laughs> I was like, well, it's mini. I'm still confused. And then finally I decided, okay, the Love Aki stuff is probably too silly and niche. And then the mini P stuff is me attempting to be mainstream, despite the fact that most of my concerts have like crazy, silly songs about world domination. And so I decided geek pop, that covers everything. And now I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Now, now you're talking our language. Yeah, we're, we're, geek, we're geeks. We're ge- <laughs> if, if you haven't noticed, we're geeks. Uh, are we? No. Yes. Yes. No. Complete with neckbeard. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, so Super EP, got a bit of a super theme, why we've got you here today. So there's two things about this. First of all, there's a comic in there as well. Mm-hmm. And you have done this yourself as well. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind the comic? It, 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 this is your life story in comic book form. <laughs> well, it, it kind of is, but I've got this huge grand scheme for the comic. This is episode one in the EP, and it does get pretty crazy later. So it's going to be much less autobiographical as it goes on. And I I guess I already kind of brought a dragon into it and such well, things. Well, there's that, yeah. But y- y- apart from that, that part wasn't moment, real? Because <laughs> we were going to ask if you, we could meet the dragon. Oh, I'm sorry. I just broke your dreams. Yeah, no. well. I thought you might be the mother of dragon. Uh, mother of dragon? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, the, Put me uh, back in my box. So, Super EP, you, you were telling us last week, when, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, when we uh, met out at Asheville, that, that you started out doing comedy. Is that right? Yeah. When, um, when I was younger, when I was in high school, actually, um, my first ever song was a song called I'm Not a Hypochondriac. And I didn't realize this was funny. So when I performed it and everyone laughed at me, I ran off stage and cried in my cabin in music camp. But um, I, I started doing songs that were comedy and people would laugh at them. And I often wouldn't find them funny, but they would laugh at them. And uh, I performed in School Spectacular, which is this big thing for kids um, in the entertainment center. And my song was Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree. And there was little Mafia Man puppets and everything. And... Yeah, it was very exciting. So I did comedy songs at the start and then 
I guess after that I decided I wanted to be all serious and that's when I went to uni and did commerce law at Sydney Uni and that only resulted in an accounting album and the rest of the history that you've already heard. <laughs> we, I did, I did arts law, so I ended up being a podcaster. Yeah. So it seems to be if you do law, you just go as far away from it as humanly possible. Otherwise, you end up being a lawyer, mm. which which is and that leads to that famous joke. But we won't. We've go just it. lost our lawyer demographic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got the super EP out now. Uh, lots. Of, we'll, we'll be hearing another song from that EP yeah. before the show is done. I'm sure. But right now, we join us in our wayback machine as we head back to 1984 with this Vintage Clip of the Week. Who are you? Kara. Kara? What happened? You got hit on the head by a coconut. Huh? Mm. What's with the Halloween costume? This is not a costume. These are my clothes. What do you mean? Look, I, I have to go now. I will come back for you later, I promise. I've just got to get back to the amusement park. Amusement park? Linda! i got to find Linda. She was in trouble. Well, Linda's all right. She can take care of herself. No, 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 she can't. Something's wrong. She's in big trouble, and I love her. I love her? Yeah, I do love her. I have to go, Ethan. Goodbye. Yes, so do I. I got hit on the head with a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> do you love her? Because she sounded a little unsure. You know, it just—it is proof positive, though, that it wasn't canon that actually killed the Superman <laughs> yeah. franchise. That was Supergirl the movie, uh, which ca- which came out of it was 1984. Came off the back of the success of the Superman movies, the first ones with Christopher Reeve. And it's 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 a movie worth watching. Oh, it is. It's special. So just to put that in context. It's at one of our glorious bad, gloriously bad Salcon, films. The Salkins uh, produced the Superman movies and they had the franchise. And when Superman 3 didn't perform very well, they were desperately holding on to the franchise because they didn't want to lose it because it was obviously a cash cow. So they produced Supergirl, which tanked at the box office and they also produced the Superboy TV series that's right which only lasted a short period I'm surprised we didn't get a crypto movie out of that yeah so am I and then eventually the the rights got released and Canon picked them up and Superman 4 is legendary (laughs) after that so um, but yeah proof proof Destroy Superman. Sorry, I'm putting that on my soundboard. (laughs) but it is proof that Canon didn't kill the Superman franchise it was dying Far before oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But that was like yeah. Supergirls had a rough run, but we're we're, we're getting into a Supergirlish themed book. We are today. Uh, but before we do that, there's something else we normally do. It's what we've been reading. So I think it's time we did some of that. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. Ow, my segues are getting lazier. They are. <laughs> I <laughs> really like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Read between the lines, bitch. It's from Chasing Amy. Brilliant. Uh, we yeah. actually we were very nervous about that at Oz Comic Con, <laughs> and it was the one button that I almost didn't want to push because here we are live with open air. <laughs> with we were, children, David. With children, and it's like, and what we've been reading, and I went, and I actually paused for a second. Went, <laughs> 
I don't know if I can play this. Not least of which because our guest on the second day, one of his, 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 his Ryan Lindsay, who mm. was a teacher, one of his students actually was in the audience. Did you know Ryan Lindsay? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Ryan was like, it's probably okay. Let's just let it, just just let let it roll. roll. But you know, as it turned out, it was okay. We, the, only, the only thing we had was Stuart. Do you remember Stuart? The uh, sound guy. The sound guy. Oh, yeah, at, yeah. Yeah, the lovely Stuart. We love Stuart. Uh, Stuart actually said, I've just had a request that you, you, you just lower the volume on your clips. <laughs> <laughs> the man selling sugar snacks is getting annoyed. Yes, Bunch of stuff came out this week. DC had another bunch of new releases. This is what, in their ninth wave, I guess? Is that uh, what we're up to now? I think yeah. well, let's say it's nine. Okay, why Because not? it's a nice unround number. <laughs> um, Gotham Academy came out. This is this is probably the most original book that DC's had in, in the last three years because it's a, a book about kids who go to school in Gotham. It's very much going for that teen drama market. Mm, mm. It's got a very anime style to it. It looks like it looks like mm. uh, a, a film that came out of Studio, Studio Ghibli. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it's beautiful. It looks it looks beautiful. Mm. But nothing else it looks beautiful. Bruce Wayne has a cameo there. Uh, he's like as Bruce Wayne and he's giving a a talk at the, the academy. But it's mostly it kind of feels somewhere between famous five and that kind of let's go find out what's in the tower. It actually feels um, kind of out of place in the new fifty two though. Which is great yeah. about it. That's what I love about it. So I think I think they should be doing more experimental books like this. Because mm. it's written by Becky Cloonan and she's doing some amazing stuff yeah. out there in the indies. And it's great to see her doing such a, a huge mainstream high profile book. Um the other big book that came out uh, this week is Lobo number one, and this has been a long time coming. Yeah, they've been teasing this all the way back to Supergirl in the I think it was the second volume of Supergirl, where Lobo basically came and was trying to apprehend her for some yeah. reason. She was beating the crap out of him constantly, and it was um, in Deathstroke, and then yeah. Stormwatch so he's been and... kicking around for a while in all the. Oh, and they did that so... Justice League Zero issue last That's year correct, as well, the yeah. Forever Evil stuff. So, so we've been kind of waiting for this, and it's uh, and, and he and it turns out that the Lobo we've known for twenty years before that or 30 years before that. I think he was 1983. That's right. The 90s were not 10 years ago. I have mm, to remember that. Mm. Uh, 1983, Lobo was created. And he was a parody of, of the Punisher and and uh, Wolverine, the kind yeah. of over-the-top violence of the 80s and 90s. So he came along as a parody. Let's face it, that Lobo's been done. He's been overused. So I, I like the fact that they've got this kind of new... And they definitively hand it off. Yeah. There's no way that other Lobo's No, they're not bringing back. him back. They dispatch of the old Lobo <laughs> in the first page. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in, literally incinerated And him. what a well done first page of the six panels of close-ups on Beautiful. the two faces have they're having a conversation. Yeah. Sensational work. I actually like, I, I don't love it, but I actually like that we've got a new kind of uh, sophisticated assassin running through. It's I, just that it was done very straightforward. I really not, actually quite enjoyed this book. I thought, yeah. it was, I thought it was a lot of fun and I'm actually interested to see where this goes because I didn't think much of the Lobo character during Supergirl. No. Which is where I was first introduced to this new Lobo because right. that's where he showed up. Um, um, and I just kind of went, I don't care. But this I quite liked. Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier, came out this week as well. Uh, which this, this was like, this book should have been like shooting fish in a barrel. Absolutely. After uh, after Original Sin, this was <laughs> the book that we wanted. This yeah. is the book we went, this is we're going to have. This is the, 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 the result of this. All I'm going to say to be kind is that um, it's just not a book for me. I, I Look, I like the art style. This is This is a book that's got no panels. It's just... 
the image starts in the top corner of the page and winks its way down to the bottom. There's no it's, boundaries. Let's face it, it looks like it. an acid trip. It's is it such an acid trip? It is. This book? The pages look like an acid trip, and quite frankly, I like a little bit more sequence in my sequential art. Um, I, I don't I, mind an acid yeah. trip of a book every now and then. I read a lot of Grant Just Morrison. Just not with this book, though. I but wanted yeah. this book to tell a story. You know? So it, that that's kind of probably the only barrier to kind of getting yeah. into this book, because otherwise, the idea of Bucky Barnes wandering through space, being the man on the wall, taking out. You yeah, know, and teaming, and teaming up with Quake, um, right? Uh, and then having that little interchange with Namor, and you sit there, and all these things are the right ingredients, but I found it so hard to but read. But you didn't like the cake. It was giving me a headache by the end of it because I'm sitting there going, I'm tra- I don't have to, <laughs> tend to work that hard. That's the pull quote <laughs> yeah. for the thing. Acid trip gives me a headache. Give me a headache. Dave McVay <laughs> behind the panels. Uh, finally, the book that we probably we, we were looking forward to, which is a return of sorts of Dan Abnett to the Guardians universe, which was Guardians three thousand. Number one. Now that's a cumbersome title. There you go. Not as cumbersome <laughs> as, as Grant Morrison's last multiversity book. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, this was good because it's not the it's not the Guardians of the Galaxy that you saw in the film. This is the the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the nineteen sixties Guardians of the Galaxy, with you know Yondu and and yeah, the same and Guardians that went Astro. up into the seventies, yeah. all the way up until basically the nineties. Lanning really. changed yeah. it. Yeah. So this is Abnett writing by himself now. He no longer writes with Lanning. They've they had some kind of parting of the ways. So I don't know what's happened there. Uh, it feels very familiar. It feels like the the first couple of issues of their mm. uh, Guardians because they're fighting some kind of time streamy wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing um and so there's that kind of element to it but you know it's abnet on guardians it's still fun it's still funny and the art's great it's worth giving a shot yeah it's definitely give it a shot now david i haven't gotten around oh first of all quick update death of wolverine number three came out is wolverine dead yet Uh, spoiler he's still alive he's still alive excellent uh thor number one it's the final book this is meant to be the start of the female thor it was and you know what uh reading it was a good old-fashioned thor story i i like the fact that we got all that banter and interchange between all the norse gods the biggest issue i had with it was the new thor is revealed on the front cover mm. so we see her right on the front cover but in the book she doesn't actually make an appearance until the last page right. and then on the last page <laughs> it says next issue see thor in action <laughs> you go why was I reading this issue? <laughs> There's probably in response, response to the Fox clip we played last week. Uh, Mary, uh, you were saying there's a couple of things you've you've been reading lately. Uh, what have you picked up and what's what's catching your eye at the moment? <laughs> well, um, I, I read a lot of comics which have female leads. So um, that's kind of my preference, I guess, because I can relate to them more. Um, so I, I'm reading a lot of Supergirl, World's Finest, recently got into Batgirl. And um, after... <laughs> Yeah, Becca Becker, one of our personal favorites here. The Gale I tried to yay there, and my voice gave out on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listened to your last podcast, and I was like, "Yay!" And then I had to skip over some of the Batgirl bits because I'm like, "No, no, I can't listen to this. It's going to spoil it." But yeah, Batgirl's really easy to get into. It's so cool. This, the Gail Simone run that has just come to a conclusion, um, and it's now being picked up into this new Batgirl, mm. which I have thoughts on. But anyway, we'll mm. save that. For, <laughs> we'll save that for next week. Um, but uh, the Gail Simone run was a stellar run. It is like. And she never missed a beat. Mm. It was just really, really well done. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I've also ordered the Power Girl, the Amanda Connor one, just arrived recently because I had this recommended to me by about a bazillion people, all of which are not just, you know, random people that read comics occasionally, but people that read a lot of comics. And they're all like, yeah, this one, you have to read this one. So I'm like, okay, I have I actually, to read that I one. I actually have a frame still from it up here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if this is your first behind the panels, then yeah. David McVeigh is a tiny bit 
those twelve, Girl those fan. twelve issues of Power yeah. Girl. Her, her, it's a twenty-five issue run all up, but hers is the first twelve. Uh, Palmiotti and Gray writing and and Connor drawing. That's my favorite comic of all time. That twelve issues is just brilliant. And if so you nice. like that, once you read that, if you like that, same creative team has got a book out at the moment called uh, for Harley Quinn. They got the Harley Quinn book out at the moment. So it's the same sense of humor. So if you like it, you might enjoy that one as well. Mm. Definitely taking note of that. That's cool. <laughs> and the same creative team also did a mini series, four issue mini series. It actually led into that Power Girl series called Terra, hmm. which is what kind of started the Power Girl series, kicked it off. So That's pretty cool. Well, all of these are going to be noted down. And also, <laughs> thank you for emptying my wallet again. But that's all good. That's our we job. got to fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> um, in terms of indie comics, I was in Asheville Comic Con. Actually, you guys were there too. And um, walking around and picked up both, I think it's Winter City and Valentine's Day. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to reading those two as well, which is very exciting. Winter City, of course, by the Purcell brothers, who we've had on here before. We have. Uh, in fact, I used to have on my board the sound clip saying Purcell, <laughs> but <it> is- <laughs> I've got it in there somewhere. Yeah. But, it's, but apparently they've got issue nine coming out soon, so yes. I can't wait for that. And they've just, they're starting their own little empire, well, I talked which to is pa- great. I talked to Patrick yeah. at, uh, yeah. at uh, Conversations when we were there. He sounds like he's doing really well for himself. He's got he, he's now publishing other people's works through yeah. Winter City Comics and it's, stuff like that. They're so busy boys. They are busy yeah. boys. Um, the other book you picked up, Valentine's Day, I picked that up as well. It's sitting on my shelf. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it looked really interesting uh, yeah. when I was looking through it and I said I'm going to buy this collection so I bought that as well so cool. they both they both look really good they look super pro cool Winter City's Winter City's good it's dark it's dark mm. be prepared for some dark but it's uh, it's, it's, it's good <laughs> I like bright <laughs> <laughs> no um, dark uh, it's um what was we actually had a we actually had a comparison for it when we did sort of spawnish sort of spawnish yeah Yeah. in in its in its style it's good it's really good Mm. you've mentioned a lot of dc characters i think you said to me at the ashfield thing that you prefer the dc characters it's a lot of strong female leads in dc you found yeah uh, well i'm only slightly sexist in my comic reading um yeah, I, I mainly go for comics with female leads. I've read like Justice League and stuff because my partner is a huge Justice League and Flash and such fan. But um, I, I don't know. I, I find I can get into the comics more when there's chicks leading them because I, I don't know, especially with Supergirl and stuff, she just, I can relate to her. I, I feel like I could be her if I had superpowers. I'd probably run around and be confused and get angry and blast things and I don't know, I, I can relate to it more. It's true. There seems to be a theme. All, the, all our favourite female-led books, they do seem to be uh, very human, which is something that often gets forgotten when you're writing something like Superman, well, the Supergirl, who can do anything. The new 52 Supergirl run is interesting. Uh, I've been following this since the beginning, like I've been following World's Finest as well. And... It's not always been my favorite comic, but um, I am a big fan. Like you, I'm a big fan of the strong DC women. The, mm. the strong DC – DC is much better at mm. empowered women. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I love the Power Girl character as oh, well. To be but fair, Marvel's doing some nice stuff. They're doing some good stuff, yeah. but it hasn't been traditionally their strong point. No. Um, and they're doing some really good stuff now with Ms. Marvel and Captain they're Marvel. They're very consciously um, trying to do it. Yeah, I think, I think they're yeah. really trying to catch up. Mm. But Supergirl and the New 52 has been a bit of a love-hate relationship with me because mm. they've really been playing up the petulant teen. Um, she's come and they've kind of rewritten her as very young and she's very – angry at the world and so we have the entire red lantern arc where she becomes a red lantern 
for a while, which is just a metaphor for teen anger, basically, yeah. and, and taking out <laughs> her rage on things. Um, and that's all kind of died off now. And so it's now getting back to her being a superhero, which is mm. it's kind of nice. In the last couple of issues, it's kind of like she's just being heroic again. And because it was getting to a point, it was a little bit like Harry Potter uh, and the Order of the Phoenix, which when I read it, all it was like, it was half the book. And it's the biggest of all the Harry Potter books, <laughs> but half the book is teen angst. And you kind of sit there going, can we get on to the actual story now, please? <laughs> you know? It's like, and Harry Potter sat in the corner and stared at Cho for yeah, for hours. On it, you know? It's like, yeah, but we don't need to actually do that in real time you know? <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of how I was feeling with Supergirl but as I say she's back on track now which is nice um, uh, but yeah uh, the and we'll talk more about Power Girl when we get there yeah, right yeah. on rightio then let's do some news headlines so we can start talking about another book that's got a strong female character so let's hit up this news headlines now <laughs> Comics has announced Frankenstein Underground from Mike Mignola and artist Ben Sten- Ben Stenbeck and will be set in the same universe as Hellboy and BPRD. I hate you, Richard. DC Comics <laughs> has claimed the most sales in September with 3.5 million comic books sold. Oh, me again. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service is teaming up with DC Comics to produce a series of collector stamps in honor of Batman's 75th anniversary this year. Harvey Dent comes to TV's Gotham as Nicholas D'Agosto gets set for a guest role. Guardians of the Galaxy is now the third biggest Marvel film in the U.S. with a North American total of over $319 million and over $644 million worldwide. It's a good thing we absolved longer from eating a shoe, though. Yes, I think so. Dominic Cooper will return as Howard Stark in Marvel's Agent Carter next year. Kevin Smith, Jeff Johns, and Stephen Amell will, uh, will join the roster of Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham with their own digital minifigs, hopefully, and real minifigs coming oh, yeah. soon. Finally, a trailer from Justice League Throne of Atlantis surfaced this week, and here's a little taste of that. By the gods. Every day the surface dwellers grow stronger. They have guardians with powers. I say... We break the seal on the Atlantean war plans. Our only hope for peaceful existence with the surface dwellers is with the one who is of both worlds. My other son. What are you? I wish I knew, pal. He's Aquaman. Spoilers. Just <laughs> getting that out there. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I am too. Look, Aquaman has been um, one of those characters where you kind of dip into and dip out of and go, does it work? And no, it's now it's silly. Now it's interesting again. Now it's cool. Now it's silly. Um, <laughs> and at the moment, he's actually kind of interesting. Well, we all so. bit been told that Jason Momoa is going to be playing uh, the character. Mm. And if anyone's going to be the king of Atlantis, it's Jason mm. Momoa. He's already king of the world. Well, he? I was, this was, this is, this is my <laughs> Comic-Con story. I was in um, the green room at Comic-Con interviewing some comics guys, but the just celebrities were just wandering in and out. This, this was after I almost danced uh, uh, into Orlando Bloom. Right, right, right. right. Uh, but it was, I'm dropping names like, you know, but as I was sitting there and he walks in, I have, no, inter- I have no interaction <laughs> with these people, but in walks Jason Momoa, like the king that he is, just simultaneously uh, absorbing and sending out all the energy in the room. And he was just like <laughs> holding court in the middle of this room and he didn't have to do a thing. 
So he is the king of Atlantis. Uh, my other con story, I can't actually tell the punchline to because we are we carry a clean tag on this show. <laughs> but one of my favorite my favorite con stories was uh, when we were told basically that we should drop our our volume oh, yes. a little bit, and and we were very concerned about what can we say on the show and all ages show and all this sort of stuff. And then on day two, I think it was uh, Jason Momoa hit the stage, oh, stage yes. one, and he's. <laughs> so uh, loud through the microphone. You could actually hear him talking all the way from the back of the con. You could hear him going. And I think we were prepping for our show. <laughs> and at one point, we just heard the F word drop so loud, it just rang out across the con from his panel. And I thought, well, if he can say whatever he wants, let go for it, son. Bless his <laughs> cotton socks for doing that. Well, look, it's time that we all get to talk about a comic that we all enjoyed, I mm. think. Uh, it's time for the pick of the week. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. Following the fall of Earth 2 to the Invader Apocalypse, Robin and Supergirl found themselves flung to a distant world. Our world. Five years later, Helena travels the world seeking out justice as Huntress. While the high-powered Karen Starr not only buys up technology as she attempts to find a way to get home, but also takes on the mantle of Power Girl. Written by Huntress co-creator Paul Levitz, with art from legendary illustrators George Perez and Kevin Maguire, this was the start of the New 52's second wave. This is World's Finest. Excuse to pull out Jerry Goldsmith's score for Supergirl. There. Know, you're right. Absolutely it's love a very it. Supergirl laced episode. Yeah. <laughs> for good reason, too. Now, Mary, uh, when I was suggesting a bunch of different titles that we should do this week, and I suggested World Spies, you said, I'm just reading that at two o'clock this morning, and I love this book. So, uh, what was it that, I mean, apart from the fact that you were saying that you relate to female leads more, what was it about this book that first appealed to you? Well, I actually read um, issue zero, is it? Uh, yep. The yeah. prequel prior to reading the whole thing. And after finishing it, I was like, this is amazing. This is so good. We're going to be best friends forever was how it ended with Huntress and <laughs> Power Girl. And I'm like, this is incredible. This is like a girl flick in a comic. I love it. And um, after that, when I started reading the comic itself, I got really into it too. So it just kept living up to my expectations, which is what you're after, I guess. And I think you've said you've ordered the next couple of volumes, so you're excited about it. You've obviously enjoyed yeah. it and you, you want to keep going with the story. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. Paul Levitz created Huntress, mm. which is a fact that I'd completely forgotten about um, until I was reading up for this show. And then, so he, it's a very Huntress-heavy book in a lot of ways. You wanted it to be more Power Girl, but I did. Look, we talked about this before the show, Mary. We were talking about this before the show, where we say that when the New Fifty Two launched, there was no Power Girl. It's like they just excised the character out mm. completely. And this is coming on the heels of that twenty-five issues that Connor started, um, and that ended Flashpoint. No Power Girl. It just vanished. And you kind of went, what happened? You know? So when this came up, I thought, here's our Power Girl. I mean, there was a very you know? conscious effort. I think I think DC were trying to make a message. Because let's face it, Power Girl had been a little bit of the butt of a joke uh, in some ways before the new 52. Because let's not mince words, boob window. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Amanda Connor actually addresses that in yeah. many interviews. She said one of the reasons she loved the Power Girl, and I mean, let's, 
not mince words. She said she, I, one of the reasons she loved Power Girl was the fact she she wore her sexuality on her sleeve. Yeah, you know, and she was basically this empowered woman who has a large bust who basically said, "These are my weapons, which, which and you, I'm going to use them." <laughs> you know, of course, mind you, when it gets to this book, it's like any excuse to rip her clothes <laughs> in the first couple <laughs> yes, of battles. That is very, very true. I think I was reading it with um, my partner, and that was the one comment he made at the end of the book was. She she really has really poor quality clothing that she's constantly wearing. <laughs> it, it never seems to last very long. Yeah. Just, the good news is that when she finally courses. does change costumes, which is much further than <laughs> and outside of this outside of this particular volume, yeah. she does get the classic Power Girl costume back. Yeah. Um, and it's Kryptonian, so it stops being ripped apart. So it's <laughs> like she does eventually get that clothing. And funnily enough, from Supergirl. So oh, it's Supergirl. like, yeah, so it's there a crossover with Supergirl. Um, and that does come later. And that was actually great because I actually, one of the things I will say about this book is I really didn't like her costume. Mm. Really didn't like the way that they went, okay, so she's always been a little bit promiscuous and a little bit sexual and a little bit this and a little bit that. So let's just dress her from neck to toe. But you funnily know? enough, though, <laughs> one of the things I liked about the writing of her character, and I'll be interested to see what you think about this, Mary, is that, is that I liked the fact that they didn't kind of try to make, there's this sort of, Real habit of making uh, super, f- f- certainly female characters almost chaste entirely. It's kind oh, of she, like she's, she's, you know, there's no, there's no, um, you know, a female equivalent of a playboy like Bruce Wayne or no. or, or, or Tony well, there Stark. Is with Karen Star, but so. with Karen Star, she's the she's the high powered billionaire who makes no secret of the fact that she likes her men. She's completely promiscuous. You know? <laughs> she's and she's she's hysterically funny because she yeah. doesn't care and there's actually a great line I don't know if it's actually from the volume one but there's a great line in this later on where Huntress actually says to her where Helena says to Karen you're really enjoying the fame thing aren't yeah. you and she goes I was raised because she's from Earth 2 and uh, when you read the Zero issue you find out that she was a secret weapon she was literally mm. kept hidden and she said so her entire life she was kept hidden and now suddenly she goes hey, I like being out and doing stuff, you know? And that's just basically saying, yeah, you got to chance to be that billionaire. You turned it away. I never got that chance. Yeah. So now she's having the chance just to be the wild child, you know? And I, th- I kind of like that element to her. That was actually new for the New 52. So. Mm. Mary, did you, I mean, uh, you, I think you sort of mentioned you like the fact that the book ends with a kind of, we're going to be best friends forever <laughs> kind of thing. Did you, I mean, what did you think about the interplay between the two characters? This is written by Paul Levitt, but did you feel as though the dialogue between the two of them rang true? Did it feel, because there's often, I think, uh, when people try to write female characters for a male audience. Uh, Tarantino. <coughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they try and write it to how they think a male audience wants to picture women. And I think, but as a, as a female, particularly in comics, because let's face it, it's been pretty sexist uh, a li- just along a the way. Uh, do you feel as though that rang true for you as a female reader? I, I don't know. For me, for me, I didn't find it sexist. I guess I, I, I read it and enjoyed it. I... I felt like Huntress was kind of the one that's more grounded and humble and strategic, whereas Power Girl, I guess I could relate to more because she seemed more like she had these powers and she wanted to use them and see what she could do with them. And it's it's a lot like with the becoming famous. If if suddenly someone gave me powers, I probably wouldn't know what to do and I'd probably do all those crazy things and be like, hey, I can become rich and do stuff. Um, and... If you're going to look as ridiculously hot as Power Girl, like why the hell would you not use that if you're a chick? Let's let's be honest. Girls might say that they don't want to be like hot out like that, but if if you're an attractive woman, surely you wouldn't 
go hide that. You'd well, well you wouldn't walk around naked or anything, but you know what I mean. You'd, you'd be proud of your body. I guess that that brings to. I mean, there is a reason why they sell push-up bras and <laughs> low-cut tops. And you know, I mean, they do sell this There's stuff a for a reason. books sell. Yeah. But I thought you were going to say you related to the character because you're a secret billionaire. Oh, oh, I wish. Yeah. Oh God, I wish <laughs> that that would be so nice. If anyone's got money, by the way, that they just want to like give, then that's cool. I I accept money donations. And we we, and we, and we take also a small accept commission. It. Small commission. So if you want to send any of us money, behindthepanels.net or maryamber.com, please yeah. just, just send your, your actually, donations uh, wisely. All jokes aside, donations at geekactually.com <laughs> <laughs> is actually our donations line. <laughs> uh, the thing, I mean, one of the interesting things about this book is that you're saying it's not the traditional kind of version of Power Girl. No. It's not the traditional version of. Uh, Supergirl even but you do kind of clarify that whole thing of you know that she is another version of Supergirl and that it kind of comes down what I think know. I think the whole Supergirl Power Girl thing has always been a really interesting exercise in nature versus nurture mm, because mm, you mm. have effectively the same person and that's actually played up in a later volume of World's Finest when she finally meets the Earth One mm. Supergirl and they have to have this interaction and the Earth One because Karen Star is actually older then yeah. she's an older version of Supergirl. And so when Supergirl looks at her, she's like, oh, you're just an old skank. <laughs> and there's actually a line where she puts on the, the classics Power Girl costume, and she yeah. finally gets, she goes, aren't you too old to wear that? <laughs> you know? Snap. So there's, some, there's, some, there's a really nice interchange between them, but it's really interesting because Supergirl and Power Girl are so different yeah. in every personality trait. Um, that it just shows you that you're growing up in two different environments, they've mm. they've developed completely different personalities to each other. It's like that recent uh, Superman run that uh, uh, the Jeff Johns. Oh yes, yeah, with yeah, uh, yeah. with, uh, uh, what's, with his, what's his what's his yeah, name with the ponytail? Absolutely, the guy. <laughs> uh, Mary, you, you hadn't. You were just saying. Have you read much sort of Supergirl, Power Girl stuff outside of this at all? Uh, n- recently, I've just read Supergirl fifty two and World's Finest, and I've started with the Amanda Connor one. Other than that, no? No, which is good. The question I wanted to ask because one of the big things of the New 52, the one of the big things of this run is that it's meant to be attracting new readers. And that we've already sort of encountered in this book that there's, you know, multiversity, there's another Earth, and there's parallel versions of Supergirl and all that sort of stuff. But as a new reader, is that, did you find this book was accessible uh, for you just to come in and pick it up just to go straight away with it? I, I would actually put forward that it wasn't extremely accessible as a first read because... I made the mistake of not realising that it was time-shifting constantly and I didn't make sense of the – it has a lot of 12 months, yeah. 11 months, 10 months yes. interrupted by different years and it jumps around in time. And I had to actually go back and just be like, okay, I'm tracing the storyline from here to here. Now I'm getting this. And so that, that as a first read, it wasn't the easiest. Supergirl was a lot easier to read first, way, first time through, whereas um, World's Finest took a bit more work. But – it took a bit more work, though. It was quite fulfilling, if that makes sense. After. Mm. Can I can I ask you a question about Supergirl? Because I'm not sure. Because it's been a while. Because I've been reading Supergirl every month. I haven't gone back okay. and read it as collections. As a first-time reader of Supergirl, though, did you find it uh, hard at all? Because there's a lot of crossovers with Supergirl. Where they'll say continued in Red Lanterns or continued in this or continued in that. There's a Supergirl crossed over a lot. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if that's it was hard without having all the other volumes around it. Because, like, especially with later in later volumes, I don't know if you're where you're up to. Well, maybe later volumes, early on, it probably doesn't cross over that much. In yeah, the first couple of but volumes, in, the, in but, the later yeah. volumes with the Red Lantern stuff in particular, you'll end an issue of Supergirl, <laughs> and then when you come back the next issue, everything has changed because it's all changed in like four other books, and then it's come back and it's a completely different mm. scenario. And you go, 
when did all that happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've read, I think I've read two and a half of the volumes with right. Supergirl. And thus far, I haven't been particularly confused. My, um, I keep mentioning my partner. My partner is Patrick. He is in the room. He's right so. there. He's, <laughs> he's right there. And, and often, because he reads more than I do, I think, in terms of comics, often when I'm confused, I just go up to him and I'm like, what is this talking about? And he's like, oh, that's obviously this and this and this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. That's so, the thing. I mean, yeah, because – yeah, it was, we're three years into this new 52 thing, which is, uh, if you don't know, which was the reboot of the entire DC universe, and it was meant to be accessible for everyone. It was supposed to be a starting point. So I, I'm always curious because, you know, I've got, you know, decades of comics reading behind this. So I can just, just pick it up. It's fine. I, I get more frustrated. That's not my character. I get more um, frustrated with that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. So I'm always curious to see if this has actually done its job and, and you know, made it accessible for new readers and uh, but it was interesting you were talking about the time shifting element of it as well because I did actually I did notice that a lot and if you didn't realise that all the books had been set five years earlier when the new 52 started I was about to say, that was, we that actually stuff. brought this up on the show years yeah. ago when we first started Our first episode maybe we actually got confused because when the new 52 first launched we're reading Justice League and we actually had trouble understanding what was going on and it was actually on second read through we went back and written down in the very bottom corner it says five years ago and you go, oh, well, now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so th- that time shifting was a big factor mm. in a lot of the New 52 when it first launched. That all goes away. Yeah. They don't, they stop time shifting completely. It's very good. Uh, because I think it's just that we're setting up a new continuity. So they're trying to give all of this history. It's odd, though, because we're, we're a year into this thing by the time they launched it. So it's odd that they kind of felt the need to go back and fill out mm. the gaps. And, and we did back. have. A mini series. There's a mini series that precedes this, which everybody, which one. everybody has forgotten about. Yeah, um, which was a four issue Huntress series, which started in the first wave of the New Fifty Two, but it wasn't part of the oh, New Fifty Two. Yeah. It was just the Huntress. That's all it was called, and it was her as Helena doing taking on the Italian mob. Mm. And I remember reading this book and going, "This is not a bad little Huntress story, but how does this tie in? It doesn't say New Fifty Two on it. It's just what it is." Mm. And then at the very last panel, she makes a phone Spoilers. call. Spoilers, where spoilers and all show, and it is three year old book. Uh, um, but she makes a phone call, and Karen drops out of the sky and says, Need a lift, and takes her away. Right. And you sit and go, Oh, I see what's coming. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, it was yeah. like shortly after that, this came out. So you go, So even that little miniseries was tying into, and they, in fact, in the latest issues of World's Finest, they're referring to her. Her mishaps in Italy. <laughs> right, yeah. Because so, they sort of mention that a bit in this book, don't yeah. they? About her jetting around the world and doing things. And getting new identities. New ideas, and, and it's yeah. one way as well as having the uh, Helena Bertinelli uh, identity, which was, yeah. which was actually one of the big ones from the old universe. Mm. And so they've just kind of shoehorned that in by saying it's just one of her mini. Well, this is the other thing that this book clarifies, that she is uh, in, her, in her previous uh, Earth 2, she's the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, mm. which I think is awesome. Which was her original yeah. conception. And then it was re- retconned many times after that. But Actually, her- one of the things I do love about this book is, is when they keep doing those flashbacks and some of my favourite moments of that is, 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 yes. is Bruce and Selena squabbling about how she should be raised <laughs> and in those kind of moments where it's just very domestic. It's just the three of them sitting there in Batman's kind of doing the equivalent of no daughter of mine will be going out. She'll get hurt. Crime, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's I, I kind of like that. It's and I love the fact it. that it's also, it, it mm-hmm. carries on that empowered woman thing because it's Catwoman who is pushing Selena to go out Saying, solo. I did this when I was her yeah, age. So Bruce stopped protecting you know? her, yeah. you know? It's like. <laughs> and yeah. So I think again, later on, I don't think it's in this volume, later on, she meets Damien Wayne. Yes, and there's kind of a thing about how they were both raised. And there's there's actually a requiem issue 
in this. Oh, right. Um, so when, when Damien was killed, there yeah. is a Requiem Damien issue. Damien is uh, Batman's son on regular Earth, and he was killed off all oh, about... 12 issues ago now? Yeah, about a year ago. About a year ago, And yeah. they tried to bring him back and all sorts of things. Mm. But uh, it's just a, a, another stream of dead Robins. But uh, what, what, <laughs> I love, what I love about Damien and, and Helena's meeting, though, is that Damien is so switched on, he's so smart, that he, when, as soon as he meets her, he goes... Your eyes are similar. Your chin is similar. And it's like he's actually, yeah. he's going, I know. He goes, you shouldn't exist, but I know who you are. Mm. And it's, they kind of make this friendship. And she says. Well, they instantly become kind of siblings. Yeah, you know? they, they do. And they, she yeah. says, I will tell you who I am, but you're not allowed to tell our, she, she calls my not father, my not, <laughs> my not dad. My not dad, um, yeah. And Damien <laughs> says, no problem. And so they kind of have these little, I think it's about two or three issues where they have these little. You'll get to together. that in, in yeah. volume two, I think it is. I think it is, yeah. yeah. So I think I only read the first two volumes coming into this, so yeah. I, I, it's definitely volume two. It's, it's really, and, and the Requiem Something issue is actually really to. nice. It's worth having a look yeah. at just the Requiem issue. Because all the Requiems were after he died across the Batman line. Every issue had a, requiem, heart, had, a, had a Requiem issue, which was the death of Damien and the repercussions of the death of Damien. Um, and it it's was getting actually, a bit sniffy thinking about it. <sighs> <laughs> Poor Dazza. Uh, Dazza. <laughs> Oh, right, while we're still on this book, um, it's look. The thing is, it's it's a. I mean, as as Mary said, it's it's a book that uh, yes, time shift shifting aside, you found it fairly re- easy easy to get into as as a, a relative newcomer to to reading these comics. Yeah, yeah. So you'd recommend this to other people who were like you who, who want to read, say, Supergirl books. Who want to read. Um, I don't know, in any book, DC books, they've got a strong female character in them. Would you, is it something that you'd recommend to them? Yeah, and it's it's a personable character as well. So uh, if you're after a book which has a female lead, strong female lead, but also personable, like human, not, I, I guess I see Wonder Woman as very kind of mm. more, more harder to empathise with. This is more kind of like, oh, that could be me, sort of. I actually agree with you. I love Wonder Woman, um, but there is a certain wall in front of her mm. because she is an Amazonian princess. And I think that was summed up beautifully by Batman mm. in a Justice League issue when Clark and Wonder Woman got together. He calls Clark to the Batcave and basically says, you need to stop the relationship with Wonder Woman. He says, why? And he shows him he's got a box for every <laughs> Justice Leaguer on the bench. And in the box is the weakness of each member of the Justice League. And it's basically the off button. So in Clark's was a block of kryptonite and so forth. And he goes, why do I need to end this? And he opens Wonder Woman's box and it's empty. And he said, uh. because he says, Clark, you're the off button. Right. Because he's the only one who's strong enough to stop her. And if he's in a relationship, he can't be the off button. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and did you sit there and go, yeah, okay, that kind of sums up Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so look, you know, David, I, I, same way you can't relate to Wonder Woman, I can't relate to Superman. Yeah. Because, you know, no matter how much working out I do, I'm probably never going to be You're Superman. Be it's, 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 not, it's not one of my I career will be, choices. I as you can see by my physique. Yes, but. yes. Uh, I, we've, we've, we've all got bodies for radio. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's... Um, uh, I look, you know, I, I enjoyed this more on a second read. I, I, I it was kind of one of those books I paid half attention to when it first came out. But coming back, you know, give, giving and this is what the show's about: going back and giving books a second chance. 
Um, really enjoyed it. And I will go on and read the rest of the run and get, get up to date because there's about to be a big crossover between Earth 2 and World's Finest. And oh, wait till you get to that. Oh, I'm all, up, I'm all, I'm all thing, up to date. I, I can give you spoilers. I'm not going to. Our, our good friend Tom Taylor is going to like do something with Earth 2 and bring it all yeah. before it's, it's, he goes it's, it's, off it's and starts writing exciting. some Marvel. Yeah. yeah, It's going to get very exciting. Look, I read this through monthly as it's been going. I was, I was all up to date. I have been reading it. And that's obviously because it's Power Girl. I'm a huge Power Girl mm. fan. But I've always been vaguely disappointed by it. And I've always been and I think I've said it on the show a few times. It's just kind of felt kind of lightweight. However, what's interesting is in this last week, I started mm. at issue zero and I went through it again because yeah. I wanted to be fresh for this show. And in reading it in one run yes. as a collection, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm. And I think now I didn't have to wait 30 days between every book. I got mm. the flow of their relationship and I got the flow of the story that was going on. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed it. So I have to say that I actually would recommend this as a book because I, I actually think it's much better as a collection than it was as individuals. Yeah, and I would imagine, Mary, that you're buying your books exclusively as collections and not yeah. going out and anything. So, I mean, I think increasingly that's how people come into comics are mm. going to read it because it's far more accessible to go and pick up a, well, a D- book. DC there. was sending them out or something before, weren't they? And, and as individual issues, and then they stopped doing that. So it's like going to the comic shop every time to get a single. This issue. is still released yeah. as individuals. So oh yes. Yeah. St- well, it's actually finished now. But yeah. like, yeah, you can't get it delivered, can you? No, no, no. no, no. It's, all, it's all direct sale to shops now. So. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame. I remember actually used to get some direct delivery. I remember when Marvel used to do oh, mail, yeah. mail, mail subscriptions. You get old issues. There's little little check boxes yeah, in the yeah, back yeah, of yeah. issues. I remember that. Yeah. I'm old, did I tell you? Because that? that was when people <laughs> would have to either cut up their comic to send out. Yes. <laughs> and now we we blanched at the idea. Everything's bagged and boarded and put away. Um, I think I think we'll say we're all recommend this book. is is a good early uh, read to read. That it's was a fun an awkward book. sentence. Yeah, it is a fun <laughs> book, and it is it is fun to read. And there's if you are if you do enjoy this, there are lots of little tie-ins. Like there's the Huntress miniseries. Uh, the Earth Two tie-ins are obviously are obvious as you read it. Um, and funnily enough. The first tie into this book before this book actually launched was Mr. Terrific, a book that we weren't very fond oh, of. God, I've forgotten but about Karen that. But Karen Starr actually appears in Mr. Terrific That's in a couple right. of issues. And in this comic, they keep talking about the fact that she's borrowed some of his technology. Don't you, don't you love someone who calls himself Mr. Terrific? Yes. You know, Good it's, name. Yeah, it's, it's great. Hey, I'm Mr. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> now, we've got some plugging to do. You can find Mary on maryamber.com, and you've got some live shows coming up. Uh, Saturday, October the 11th, you're playing at the Gold. Goulburn Parkside Community Markets in Goulburn, strangely enough. Finally, um, then um, the Saturday, the eighteenth of October, you're playing at Armageddon Expo down in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, uh, is it your first time playing live at a con? Is that right, or is it, uh, did you play no, out at Oz Comic Con? I, I played at Oz Comic Con. Oh, you played in at Brisbane. Oz Comic Con. Yes. Um, I was going to do so in Sydney, but the plug got pulled on it for some reasons. The venue um, freaked out and decided. I was going to get a panel instead. Oh, right. No, we probably bumped you. It was probably our, no. probably our fault. <laughs> probably our fault. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were too, no. I, don't, I don't think we had anything to do. For, for, the, for this purpose, you can edit this out, right, David? No, no. you're not going to edit this out. Um, and then on Thursday, the 13th of November, you're playing at some place called the Internet. Yes. I know. It's a crazy world, that. Is that the vast network of internet computers that we often refer to? Is that what that is? Yeah, I'm I'm doing a gig online. I used to only do concerts on the internet, um, mainly through Google Plus Hangouts. 
because the real world was a scary place and I thought the internet was much nicer. You can always switch it off when like you get <laughs> sick of people. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing concerts on the internet. This one's on Numubu, which is a very funny name for a website. It's awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's actually really cool when people leave comments and stuff. Uh, Google Plus Hangouts, people, you see their videos at the bottom. So you can see when they're getting bored and they go off and then they come <laughs> back with like tea or something. Whereas with this one, people just leave comments. So it's I always guess, best yeah. when you can't see the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They seem to interact a lot more when they can leave comments on the side mm. and not be seen because, you know, they can say whatever they want. Fair you enough. say that, David, after just announcing earlier this thing, we're going to do three or four live shows next year. And once again, I still stand by it's best when you can't see the audience. Right. I wear a blindfold when I'm on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a mask on the first you day did. and almost fell arse overhead getting into my chair. But wasn't it better not being able to see the audience? Yeah, there was that as well. I, I wouldn't have danced in public had that been the case. That's true. Uh, and then also, finally, you've got listed the Sunday, the 16th of November at the Bulleye Foragers Market at Bulleye, strangely enough. Is that that comics yeah. thing that's happening down at Bulleye? No. No, no. no. This one's just the markets there. It's the markets there. I was, I was actually going to do it on the way up to Armageddon, um, just like the golden one, but then uh, couldn't do the time because I had to come back to Sydney to do something or got confusing. Nonetheless, um, yeah, so they rescheduled it to that date in November and that will be fun. So you're hitting the road. The rest of us uh, can be found right here. Uh, We're not going anywhere. You can find us, of course. If you ever send us feedback, it's feedback at behindthepanels.net. You can find us online at behindthepanels.net, strangely enough, or on Twitter at uh, behindthepanels. Or you can hit us up on Facebook. There's so many places you can hit us up. You can. And if you want to do nice things for us, the nicest thing you could do is go to iTunes, look us up, Leave a nice five star rating or a uh, little comment there. Or donations at geekactually.com. Or donations at geekactually.com. <laughs> They're the nicest things that you can find. I think, uh, I think that's the nicest thing you can do. <laughs> but I would prefer the reviews. So. Well, there's that. Yeah. If you're really, really, really keen, you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits and the freshly updated therealbits.com. Fantastic. And you can find me at David McVeigh on Twitter or on Facebook uh, at what's it, Geek Actually. That's what it is. Isn't that's it? the yeah, one, geekactually.com. Geekactually, or it's at facebook.com forward slash geekactually. You know, one of those long things. And uh, you can also find me at geekactually.com, which is the host of all this. And we're going to have some new podcasts coming up soon, so keep yes. uh, keep an eye on In those fact, feeds. we're recording a new one this afternoon. We're calling Podcast Pillow Fort. Ooh, so we'll see how it goes. Pilot. With a new co-host you've never, never heard which before. Which you may never, have, may never see the light of day. <laughs> that's true. We're doing a pilot. If it's good, it'll go out on the feed soon. If not... You know, it was a good concept. Keep an eye on the super feed for the moment. We will, it will have its own feed to go with, but keep an eye on the super feed to start with. And, and Mary, we can find you where? Well, my name is very strange. It's spelled M-E-R-I, despite being pronounced like a normal Mary name. So M-E-R-I, Amber. If you look that up on Google, nothing else will come up because no one else has such a strange name in the world, it seems. So you can find me on the internet that way. And um, maryamber.com, at maryamber on Twitter, facebook.com slash maryamber. Again, I was very lucky. No one wanted my name. Because it's it must be awesome person. being able to get your name for everything. It's awesome until I have to explain to people in concerts how to <laughs> spell my name out. It's it's actually quite frustrating. It's like Mary, but not like you think Mary. It could be worse. Different. It could be Kesha with a dollar sign. What were her parents thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I think I share a name with a a computer game developer, a lawyer, who stopped um, friend of, stopped following you. I oh believe. no, and, and a filmmaker, a filmmaker who stopped, which following is you. yeah, uh, probably after I reviewed his film. But anyway, <laughs> uh, until next week, uh, I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. I'm Mary Amber. 
And this has been Behind the Panels. You fly over like, whoa, you fly over like, whoa. You fly over like, whoa, you fly over like, whoa. You fly over like, whoa, you fly over like, whoa, Zam, Kazam, you're my Superman. You fly over like, whoa, you fly over like, whoa, Zam, Kazam, you're my Superman. Zam, Kazam, you're my Superman. Zam, Kazam, you're my Superman. When my world was full of grey and there was trouble on the way And everyone I spoke to was telling me to pay up I got feeling low, looking out my window Shifting through my wardrobe Till you were there like bam pow Boom chang kazam wow Right into my hands like you're on command My superman bam pow Boom chang kazam wow Save me cause you can My superman, you're my superman Whoa, whoa, oh, 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 you're my Superman. Whoa, whoa, oh, oh, oh. When all the monsters came and made me sign up my name and told me that I had to kiss us and suck up, I got feeling sad, staring at a notepad, slowly going mad. Till you were there, like bam, pow, boom, chang, kazam, wow, right into my hands, like you're on command, my Superman, bam, pow, boom, chang, kazam, wow, save me, cause you can, my Superman, you're my Superman. When I was down in the gutter crying, who's gonna help me? Save me, save me, who's gonna save me? Whoosh, you fly. What a pretty cape, you saved my life. And oh, now I'm never gonna slip, gonna let you go. Cause you fly over like whoa, you fly over like whoa, you fly over like whoa. You fly over like whoa, you fly over like whoa. Like whoa. When. I was with my folks going through all their jokes and every part of me was saying I'm gonna chuck up I got feeling down, put up another round and then without a sound you were there like Bam pow, boom chang, kazam, wow, right into my hands like you're on command, my superman. Bam pow, boom chang, kazam, wow, save me cause you can, my superman, you're my superman. Bam pow, boom chang, kazam, wow, right into my hands like you're on command, my superman. Bam pow, boom chang, kazam, wow, save me cause you can, my superman, you're my superman. Whoa, whoa, oh, 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 you're my Superman. Whoa, whoa, oh, 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 you're my Superman. Whoa, whoa, oh, 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 you're my Superman.